Umket Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the early spring of 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the formation of a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Compendiary Jubilee. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she and Brassy Battalion had just dealt a devastating blow to the Society for the Continuation of Aggression and Ruination, otherwise known as SCAR. With the destruction of the hidden SCAR base fresh on their minds and victory in their hearts, they let their guard down for a few brief moments in celebration. You did it! Frank, we kicked their tail all the way to you! Rarely have I felt so completely satisfied. Joy! Yeah, this robot here, what a piece of work! And thank you, Joy. I, I think, if you meant it in a good way. I did. Can't nobody understand English anymore? English, I understand. You, not so much. The robot worked wonders, Freudenberg, honey. You're the best. Cheer! Ah, young love. It does the heart good. Why, it almost makes you feel a little excited inside, eh, Miss Dixie? Put a sock in it, Corny. (laughs) You know I'll never stop trying. Why, the prize makes it compulsory. I ain't no prize. You can say that again. Enough of this hullabaloo. Let's get celebrating. That sounds like a right proper idea. Celebratory exclamations! All right, then. You all, hop in the trucks and follow me. You follow? Where are we going, boss? Oh, uh, I know a place. Oh, no, Frank. Not that place. Ain't no other place I could meet, is there? (laughs) What is he talking about? Where is he taking us? Will they have vodka? Nah, Benny, forget that stuff. This is America. You need a nice cold one. Duh, cold vodka. Nah, beer. What? That is no drink. So where is it we're going, then? We're going to the belly deep. As the 1st Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron journeyed to Frank's chosen place of merriment, deep within the black heart of Nazi Germany, there's about to be a new arrival at SCAR headquarters. And so I told her, really, miss, you can't expect to get very far with foolish notions about women voting, much less those silly ideas about one day running the government. I mean, have you ever heard such idiotic ideas, Vrenny? Vrenny? This is taking the core thing a bit too far again, don't you think? Vrenny? <sighs> yes, Master Volker? You don't seem like your usual subservient self. I think I seem more myself than I've ever seemed, and you just don't know how to deal with that. I'm not so sure I like what you're saying. So let me pretend you said nothing and go on about my work. And how does your work go? Oh, well, I'm only looking at a sample of one of the beast scales. And it's like nothing else I've ever seen. No, I don't imagine it would be, considering where it came from. Don't get smart now. You know I can't stand smart women. I wasn't getting smart. I was merely making a comment. And an intelligent one at that. You know, I like my women docile and meek. Ignorance goes a long way toward promoting that, you realize. Or rather, you would realize if you were smart. But I don't want you to get smart. So don't realize it then. 
forgot to say anything. Don't listen to me. Oh, no, Master Volcare. How will I ever go on without you to tell me what to do? That's the spirit. Oh, go shoot them away, Vrenny. I can't think with all these disruptions. But there haven't been any- You. Door. Shooing. Now. <sighs> Velcare says to shoo, and- <gasps> You! Just who was at the door to Volcare's laboratory? Was it the shadowy and mysterious Geist? Some of the SCAR troopers, perhaps? Or could it be the beast escaped once again and come for a tasty treat? Who was it? Who was at the door? Me. You are not supposed to be here. And yet, here I am, in the flesh, gracing your presence with my very own. Billingsley, you're supposed to be at AeroQuest Dynamics, getting those planes away from Brass Battalion for Scar. Yes, well, thank you for that expositional diatribe. I'm sure all the listeners at home needed to be reminded of my history as a double agent. There are listeners at home? Hello? Hello? Is anyone out there? It is I, Volker, master of all evil and three-time wear of the Nazi talent showcase. Hello? Hello? I don't see anyone out there. Of course not. It's radio. It was merely a figure of speech. I dare say you lot are more frustrating than that worthless woman, Dixie. What was that for? Do not insult my gender! You cretinous ape! Dixie is our enemy! And I will crush her myself with my bare hands, if I must, to get what I want. But I'll not sit idly by and watch this blatant discrimination and sexual harassment go on any longer! I really don't know what you're talking about. I just got here! Sexual harassment. Is that even a real word? <laughs> Women. I believe I've had just about enough of them. I hear that. Although, I mean, I do need good assistance, and you're really not my type. Oh, my feelings are so very hurt. Let me down gently next time, will you? So what happened? Why are you here? Dixie found the base we had hidden in Death Valley. What? That's impossible. I designed that base myself. And you know I'm completely infallible. I'm telling you, she found it. It's destroyed, gone, all of it. But they had a, a, a robot. And we could damage it. Impossible, I tell you. No woman could ever find that base. I have had it! Well, now that was just cruel. I'm just glad oh. it wasn't me this time. Well, what is it now, Renny? I just don't understand, women. You said it, brother. And now, if you excuse me, I feel a little verklempt. And now, a word from our sponsor, the magnanimous Umket Industries. Friends, I come to you today with another very important message. But I believe Nebulon, our new and improved, highly educated, very smart robot, has something to say. The Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater will be continued shortly. 
So worry not for your mindless radio wave entertainment, meek earthlings. For now, I shall speak to you of something far more important. Authentic Amkit Cranets. Why, I have never heard of such a thing. Do tell. Cranets are a very special form of headwear from the innovators at Umkit Industries. But, but, Robin... Nebulon! Yes, of course, but Nebulon? What is a cranet? It's a hat for your cranium. But, uh, aren't all hats? Cranium plus hat equals cranet. It should be simple enough for even your minuscule human intelligence to comprehend. Would you be so kind as to tell us about these delightful, high quality, made from only the finest, genuine Umkhet bovine high chapos? I'll do better than that. I'll let you talk to a genuine granite weather. You are too good to us, Nebulon. I should wipe the floor with you. But instead, I'll call in our guest. Come in, please. Why, it's Brassy Battalion's bemuscled ace pilot, Benedict Adachenko. Hello, comrades. Now, Benedict is flying your only pleasure. What could be more pleasant than flying and shooting Nazis? Well, music, for instance, that's nice. Music? Why, of course. Have you ever heard my accordion playing? Why, Benedict, I'm afraid you've got me wrong. Sto? Pay attention, Benedict. Nebulon doesn't take kindly to daydreamers. Huh? I mean, the kind of music men hum or whistle when they feel on top of the world. I hear you fleshy bags do it all the time. And gentlemen, one of the very things that gives you that tip-top feeling is the pleasure of being well-dressed. Sto? I wear Russian uniform. With pride. Perfect taste is the criterium. And in hats, there's nothing smarter than a cranet. Why not just call it Umket Het? Cranet makes no sense. And yet, you wear one. I do? <laughs> what you doing? I've never seen a more regal-looking communist soldier who's fighting alongside Americans against the Nazis in shiny brass planes. You speak such true words, adult human male. I have never felt so alive. Why, I bet from stem to stern, your cranet gives off that look of quality. Very good. It does indeed. You see quality in the carefully molded shape and in the richness of the genuine Unket bovine hide and in the subtle color shade. The next time you pass an authorized dealer, stop in and try on a granite. Once you see and wear a granite, you'll agree that today, as before, granite is one of America's outstanding hat values. I have never felt more comfortable. We now return to our program, where back in the good old red, white, and blue, Dixie and the gang were living it up at the Belly Deep. Ah, the Belly Deep Slough. Yeah, this is the kind of place you want to die in, you know? This is the kind of place you're gonna die in, Frank, if you don't pay me back for my motorcycle. Billingsley stole it. As part of my plan. And then you dropped bombs on the base it was inside of. As part of my... Oh, yeah. Sorry, Frank. Must be the beer talking. Huh. 
I ain't the brightest star in the sky, but even I ain't that dim. <laughs> we really sucked it to those scar creeps, eh? <laughs> Did you see the looks on their faces when the robots started attacking them? <laughs> I wish you could have been there. I think maybe I will keep this one, yeah? I pay the company, I tell them it can't be repaired. What do you say, robot? Do you want to be part of this soon-to-be-legendary brassy battalion? No one ever asks what I wanted before. Well, I am asking. Now. I am asking now. So now someone has. And it's me. Yeah. Me. You're a very pretty machine. Oh, stop. You will make me blush. <laughs> Robots can't blush. <laughs> blush. Blush. I can too. On the inside. <laughs> Freedom and be careful. You're going to make me jealous. <laughs> well, I'm not the one who was kissing the robot before. Please, there is enough of me to go around. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you, sir? If ever there was a great pie, it's rhubarb. Fessy. But you can't discount Apple. Oh no. Heaven forbid. But none of them can compare to the best. Do you want to know what that is? I'm dying for you to tell me. Peach, of course. Why are you whispering? Son, you don't say things like that out loud. You might offend the other pies. America is strange country. Why keep another whiskey? More spirits. Well, why not? It's a regular old hootin' tootin' hollering jubilee. Of course. Silly me. Excuse me. Hey, Benny! Where are you going? I'm stepping outside for fresh air. Oh, yeah? Well, don't breathe at all, okay? I'm gonna want some later. <laughs> oh, wait! Huh? What is this? Frank knows the guy who owns the place. Asked him to check for some vodka. Turns out he had one old bottle hidden away. So here you go. Miss Dixie, I, I thank you. No problem. You enjoy yourself now, okay? One sip for me. And one sip for you, Irinushka. Solnishka Mayo. I fight in your honor. That is a highly gallant undertaking, Mr. Jenkins. What? I recognize that voice. Who are you? We spoke on the phone recently. Briefly, incompletely, before Mr. McGuff took over the conversation. Oh, yes. What do you know of my undertaking? I know plenty about all of the 1st Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron because it's my duty to be so informed. And I know you lost your wife to a particularly harsh Russian winter before your posting here and that you always give some of your vodka to the earth in a gesture of remembrance of the time you shared together. You know too much to make me comfortable. And you dress like Billingsley, which makes me even less comfortable. I stopped by AeroQuest Dynamics, but everyone had gone. Mr. McGuff's file said this was his choice location for merriment. He's inside, I presume. I will take you to him. 
But tell no one of what you saw, or I will show you techniques I learned in Russia that would make you beg for death. Yes, I know all about those too. And I assure you that I have no desire to set a precedent of substantiation where matters of your prowess with physical savagery are concerned. You talk like Billingsley, too. Act too much like him and be warned. You will get hit. A lot. This way. Come on, Frank, tell us. Well, I don't know if I should. Don't do it, Frank. I think we all want to know. Yes, we're quite curious. Tell us a story. Why, yes. Unravel the mysteries of Dixie. Frank, I'm warning you. Tell us, boss. Tell us what? Well, how Dixie and I met. See, I, I was... Frank! I was picking up my niece to drop her off at a school dance. Because my brother and his wife were too tired from the new baby. And Dixie was there because she and my niece were school chums. And she'd been waiting for a date who never showed up. Oh, that's horrible. She got stood up. <laughs> stop it, Joey, or I'll stop it for you. So what happened? Well, I felt bad for her. So I took her to the dance with my niece. And I found a nice fella who wasn't doing nothing. And I made him dance with Dixie so she'd feel better. <laughs> I was 16. Wait, wait, wait. Does this mean Dixie was in... Oh, a dress? Shiny and pink like you ain't never seen any shinier or pinker. Good heavens, a dream come true. Frank, I'm going to kill you! You know you love me, Dick. That was a most delightful, genial, ambrosial recounting of a jocular past occurrence. But I'm afraid we'd all best sober up, for though the battle was won, the war is far from over. Who's this, Dick? I found him outside. He is... Uh... Like Billingsley. Oh no! Another traitor! Let me at him! Not on our watch! I will crush him like the meat stick he is! While I do appreciate your dynamism, I must ask that you forego the pummeling until after we cease with your jollification. You're stopping the party? Who are you, buddy? Hey, wait a sec. He's that fellow from the phone that I talked to. On the phone! All too correct and stated with your usual aplomb, Mr. McGuff. I'm your new government liaison to the army, Archibald Withersby, at your service. Intermingling intermediary! This production has starred Emily Ledley as Dixie Stenberg. It's all lies! Don't you believe a word of what Frank says? True or not, I shall be happy all the rest of my days with that image in my head. Shiny, pink, dress, plan sixth, the stuff of dreams. <laughs> Shannon Gaffney as Frank McGuff. Aw, it ain't nothing to be ashamed of, Dix. It's not like it makes you a bad pilot or something. You're still the best there is. You mean it, Frank? I sure do. We got that on tape, right? Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. My apologies, Mr. McGuff. For what? You being a traitor fink? No, for having to put up with Dixie. I believe I've had just about enough of the other gender. Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. You're an embarrassment to the army, Billingsley. I'm not really in the army, Withersby. It was a ruse. You're still an embarrassment. You'll get yours, Withersby. And you'll get yours, Billingsley. 
Pete Mylon as Freudenberg. What you doing, Freudenberg? Ah, just writing a letter telling the owners that the robot is beyond repair. It's a little white lie, I know, but I don't feel so bad. This robot will help us fight the Nazis so much, yeah? <laughs> Sounds good to me, honey. Oh, I am elated. I finally have a new home. You're an embarrassment to robots, robot. And you'll get yours, Nebulon. And you'll get yours, nameless automaton. John Solzbach is Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. And it's shiny and pink. And pink and shiny. Whoa. Tim the Jester Gillick as Joey Scalzetti. I think we overloaded Pop's gears. Is that steam coming out of his ears? He's just smitten. Did you guys can it already? Although I gotta admit, a shiny pink dress, some nice heels, and hair done up all right, you might not be half bad, Toot. <laughs> Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Uh, have we got any more beer? <laughs> Wine? <laughs> Oh, maybe some maraschino cherries. Methinks maybe you'll have had enough, comrade. No, <laughs> you're a cherry. <laughs> Perry Whittle as Benedict Adarchenko. Da, he's had enough. Just one more. Niet. How about another, then, instead? Niet. Well, okay. Let's go shoot more nuts. Sit down. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. Friedman. Mm. Oh, Miss Lily. You set my circuits aflame. <laughs> circuits? Well, since I, I was fixing the robot, I I thought it and I Yeah, never mind. Catherine Pride as Vrenny. Get your hands off me! But Vrenny, I Justin Dobby as Volker. Oh, my long-lost Vrenny. Where have you gone? The artificial fantasy world I've created is crumbling around me. Julie Goldstein as the robot. Can't we all just get along? You consort with heavy organics! So do you, in the commercials. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon. I... Uh... Ha-ha! Bested by the old model robot without a name! Quiet robot! Ha-ha-ha! And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. I don't know, I kinda miss the old robot now. Sassy, yes, but never condescending to the whole human race. You had your chance. I found someone better now. Maybe we could still be friends. I I, I could call you sometime. Maybe? I'm changing my number. Well, well, how about we meet for lunch? Sorry, I have to wash my hair. This is Seth Adamsher. Stay tuned next time as the 1st Brassy Battalion begins preparations for their assault on SCAR headquarters on May 1st, 2007. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you by Umket Industries, maker of the one and only Crane Act. And remember... I have never felt so alive as when wearing a crenat made from genuine onket bovine hide. Stay safe, America, and good night. This one goes out to someone very special. Friedman, the airplane boy, bring me robots, bring me joy, Friedman.
him, I love him, I love him. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scher. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2007, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. And I take requests.